Hello, and welcome to the Magnetically You podcast. I'm your host, Madison Zerdyke. I'm a mindset and energy coach here to help you feel your freaking best and manifest a life full of magic, miracles, and abundance. I know that whatever led you here did not happen by coincidence. So I am so excited and grateful to have you here. So let's let the magic begin. Hi, and welcome back to the Magnetically You podcast. I have Headley Derenzi. I hope I'm saying your name right here today. And I found her through my friend Dora Vandekamp's podcast, Biohack Your Beauty. And the episode there was amazing if you want to go check that one out too. But Headley is an expert on the law of assumption, which is different from the law of attraction. We're going to get into that today and her way of teaching on this and sharing on this and her depth of knowledge. And I was telling her before we recorded her way of articulating and teaching this incredible transformational law of the universe is so powerful. So I'm excited to have her here. Welcome, Headley. Thank you, Madison. I'm very happy to be here. I love talking about law of assumptions. So this is always good for me. So thank you. Yes, I'm excited to get into it. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So, well, what I am now is I am a life coach, but specializing in law of assumption. I actually got my life coaching qualification back in early 2000s when it was very uncool. And uh, I was only in my early 20s. So being a life coach in my early 20s was, yeah, I didn't quite have the credibility then. (laughs) I didn't really have the life experience. So I've since come back to it after a couple of decades where I was working in corporate as a communication specialist and then I spent about 10 years as an author writing a number of books and then a couple of years ago I had a a moment where I was like what am I going to do with the rest of my life and I went into aged care because I was always really interested in aged care and also I was just I was like writing is a very solitary experience so I needed that connection again and so those two years in aged care were really just kind of grounding for me just to do something for others for a while just to not think about myself and just think about others and then as I was doing that I got into I came across the law of assumption again not realizing it I'd actually come across it in my early 20s and I just became super super passionate about it I started studying it like obsessively And then just out of the blue one day, I set up a YouTube channel and then it just kind of started going really well and people started requesting coaching appointments. And so I found my way back to something that I had always loved in my early 20s and then talking about something that I was super passionate about. And then here I am. So it's been an interesting winding little journey. I love it. So you were in corporate, you were a life coach and then you went into corporate author and then you've yes. come back recently. Like how, how long ago did you come back to coaching? Probably, well, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a conscious decision. I, I started the YouTube channel and then I started getting requesting for coaching. So I had done the coaching in, sort of started off with life coaching, but then had gone into corporate coaching. So I was doing a lot of corporate mm. training and corporate coaching, specializing in communication, leadership, that kind of thing, like a lot of soft skills. And so I spent 10 years doing that and then 10 years writing. So it feels like I've come full circle where I'm now using all of these skills that I've spent about a decade really focusing on. So I spent a decade kind of 
you know, working on my public speaking and presentation skills because I was doing a lot of that. And then 10 years working on my writing skills. And now I get to bring them all together, which and, and on a topic that I'm super passionate about, which is law of assumption. So yeah, I cool. feel like I've arrived where I, I, I have the experience, I have the training, I have the understanding. I kind of feel in myself that I'm ready to kind of do what I'm now doing. So it feels good. Whereas back then in my early 20s, I didn't feel like I had the experience. I didn't feel like I had the, I had some of the knowledge. I just, you know, in your early 20s, you don't have. (laughs) I can relate to that because I'm not too far from my early, I'm 29 right now. And I started my first business when I was 25 and definitely had that feeling of like, wait, but I, I also think too, it's like, we're meeting ourselves and meeting other people with the experience that we've had up until that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I was where I was, was when, when I was there and now I am where I am. And it's like, exactly. And uh, also just, you know, that's just personal for me. Other people are, you know, totally more than ready at that age. But for me, I just wasn't. And so I needed that experience, but you know, my God, like people are doing amazing things earlier and earlier. And uh, I know so, I'm like, are we gonna have like five year old coaches like soon? <laughs> probably, yeah, exactly. <laughs> five year olds on Instagram, like, I could be your life. <laughs> That's it. I mean, some oh. of the kids coming in today with the wisdom that they're bringing in, you know, honestly, it's I would maybe have a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. I mean, they're idea. just so like playful and like innocent and like. Their stories are pretty pure. We could learn you know a lot. What? That's it. They, <laughs> and and Laura's assumption is a lot about imagination. And of course, you know, who knows more yeah. about imagination than kids? <laughs> so I think the kids are onto something. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love yeah. it. And you're onto something too. So tell us <laughs> what you. is um what is the law of assumption? So the law of assumption is, you know, I came into, I've always been studying personal development since I was probably 14. My dad bought me a book by Stuart Wilde called Miracles. And I became obsessed with the philosophy, which is, you know, it, it's all around what we've heard, like you create your, your reality, etc. But, and so I studied a lot of things, but it wasn't until I found the law of assumption where it feels like everything started to fall into place. And somebody described it, I'm not sure who, who it was, so I can't quote them, but they said the law of assumption is like the law of attraction on steroids. And the reason that I like that is because it, you know, so many of us have come into a lot of these teachings through law of attraction. We know law of attraction. We've seen the secret. Perhaps we've, you know, listened to a lot of the teachers like Abraham Hicks, like amazing teachers. And I feel that the law of assumption just takes things to another level where it really starts to, essentially it's imagination creates reality. So imagination is the one and only reality and reality is just the reflection of what we're doing in imagination. So, so many of us are unconscious with how we use our thoughts and imaginations throughout the day, but the more you become conscious of what it is that you are doing with your imagination and with consciousness, you can start to see how reality really is just a mirror. It's literally just reflecting back what it is that we're doing. And sometimes there's a lag time with that. So it can be confusing where you're thinking one thing one day and then you're thinking something else another day. But by that stage, your reality is caught up to what you've just thought, you know, last week. And so you can't connect the fact that, in fact, that has come from your imagination, that has come from consciousness. So once you start to get into sort of really becoming aware of what's going on and seeing how it is actually a direct reflection, 
things start to really take off and things start to really get fun and magical and not always. Sometimes they can be really challenging because you're like, why would I create that? Why would I? And, and so it's a process of awakening and sometimes it's awesome and sometimes it's painful, but it is always rewarding. So yeah, mm, there's, there's a, yeah, there's more to it, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into it. I love that. And yeah, it, it, it does become so fun when you really do become aware of how you, you like look back on like something that like just happened. You're like, I know I created that. And it's yeah. like, I even had that actually one time with a quote, as my mind may perceive as a negative scenario, although it was actually a great thing. Anyways, I used to, so last fall, around last fall, I was, I would sometimes occasionally would have the thought like, oh, like what if my Instagram just got deleted and then I like started over with this like fresh brand new energy and brand new community. Like, I wonder if like that would be like a cool thing. Like I was just like lightly, gently thinking about what would I like, oh, that could that could be kind of cool to like have a brand new fresh start. Yeah. And then literally like a week or two later, my Instagram gets disabled. And <laughs> wow. I was just like, I laughed because I'm just like, oh my God, really funny. It's amazing. That's, that's yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool because even if it's something that you don't really want, when you can realize that you, you put it into action, you know, like you put yes. it in the way, you're like, wow, that's amazing. Even if I, it's not yes. something that you want. I couldn't even be mad because it was yeah. such a powerful reminder of how powerful a creator I am and we all yes. are. So yes. yeah, so that's fun. awesome. I love that. <laughs> well, you mentioned lag time and I know that's something a lot of people struggle with in terms of creating their, what they want and their reality and, you know, reality having not caught up on the outside yet. So can you talk about like what advice or lessons have you learned like what is your practice when you feel like you're in the like lag time what do you do to kind of like move through that to the other side so one of the things um that used to happen for me is because we're doing this anyway like lure of assumptions in play whether we're aware of it or not so we're, we're always creating our reality and uh, we either become aware of it or we just you know keep creating more of the same so one of the things that I used to do with a lot of the personal development work that I was doing was I would be focusing on something that I would want. And then what would happen is the old reality, kind of the what I don't want would come up. And I would then go, oh, you know, this doesn't work and become discouraged and then give up and then fall back into the old story. And what Law of Assumption has given me is the ability to persist in the face of the old version, the old reality. Because one of the, the premises is if you persist with an assumption, it will harden into fact, meaning it'll harden into an external event. So we have to persist with the new story in often in the face of opposition, often in the face of a reality that is still showing up the old dominant story that we've been holding for, you know, sometimes years. So rather than giving up and going, oh, this doesn't work, that's the moment, that's the point where we actually have to persist and stay focused and not fall back into the old story. It's kind of like Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey where you have the first gatekeeper, the threshold, which is really testing of your faith. So that's like the first gatekeeper. And a lot of times we reach that, that test, that, that kind of, yeah, it's a test of our, you know, we're testing ourselves of how committed are we to this journey and we fall back. Whereas when we persist through with the new story long enough over that threshold, then 
our, eventually our reality will, uh, will catch up. And that's what the law of assumption has given me, that ability to persist with the new story long enough for my reality to catch up because I wasn't aware that there was a lag time. There isn't always a lag time. There's no set time, as Neville Goddard would say, who's the godfather of law of assumption. Um, your manifestations always come on time. But what that time is, is anybody's guess. And all, our, all we have to do is just hold the story and imagination long enough for our reality to catch up. And if there's an old dominant story that's been there, then that can take a little bit more time for that new story to become embedded. So sometimes that old story will kind of fight for dear life and it will keep coming up. But that, the one thing that I've got out of this, these teachings is the ability to persist and to stay with the new story long enough for reality to catch up. Yeah. And it's like the mind loves to kind of like have like its story, like chew toys, like the mm-hmm. stories that it loves to just like chew on and chew on and chew on and chew on. And it's like, spit it back out, spit it back out, spit it back out. I love like my dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Wait, that that's maybe, great. Oh, wow. Maybe that, that feels very connected. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, okay. What does it mean to you and your kind of experience to hold a story and imagination? Is that rehearsing scenes in your mind? Is that, I know you talk about affirmations, I guess, practically speaking, I don't yeah. love the word practically, but like, what, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So Neville Goddard, as I said, who is the, he's basically the godfather of, of law of assumption. And he he talks about the four roles that we play. So there's the role of the producer, the role of the writer, the role of the director and the role of the actor. And we are playing all of those roles in our life. And one of the reasons that I love this teaching is because of being a writer and being a storyteller. I love this idea, this concept that reality is just a a movie that we are not only creating, but also participating in. So that creativity and that story creating I really love so one of the ways that I look at my reality now is as a movie that I am creating and also participating in and then being the audience in so when there's something that I now want to create I will look at it from the perspective of a story and I will engage my senses in the creating of that new narrative because one of the things that's really important is when we're imagining a new story is to engage our five senses in imagination and that's what makes it real because the brain doesn't know the difference between what it imagines and what it sees in reality it literally doesn't know the difference so if we're seeing something in reality that we don't like then we can go into our imagination and either recreate it or revise it and create a new experience and then our reality has to reflect that back because that's that's well according to law of assumption that's how the game works so getting into that storytelling and that that narrative writing um, to create a new story has been really fun so I'll if there's something that I want to bring in I'll write the story of what it's like to already have it so what my life looks like already having that thing and I'll really get into the story and then I'll go into my imagination and I'll play it out and then rehearse it. And that's really the key. That's part of that persistence key is rehearsing that vision enough time so your brain knows, like accepts it basically. And once it's accepted by the subconscious, then it'll get projected out like a movie projector. It'll get projected out onto the screen of your mind. And then it, it is what we experience in our 3d reality and I've had enough experience now 
to know that that's how it works because I've created so many things using the law of assumption and because I've become so conscious of what I am doing with my imagination and how my reality is responding to it. I'm like, okay, this is how the game works. This is awesome. This is fun. Yes. You really start to see how reality is like such a reflection of like your internal consciousness and it's yes it's like we were saying earlier it's so fun you are so powerful because you are and I know something that you talk about is that you are God like everyone is God each of us is God we are all God and that's something that I've really like come to understand for myself in the last couple years I always had an interesting relationship with the word God religion felt Mm. very cults like to me and whatever but in the last Mm -hmm. like couple years as I've just really gone deep 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 within myself I've like just come to my own realizations that we are all God universe source whatever we want to call it we are all and it's kind of like the way I kind of see and I'm curious to hear what like your thoughts on is that like it's like the ocean, like a drop in the ocean is part of the ocean and this drop in the ocean, they might have a little more, this one might have a little more salt and that one might have a little more yeah. like, who knows, seaweed or whatever, <laughs> but it's like, they're all drops in the ocean, part of this larger like energy. I don't even know what else to call mm. it. So that's been like a really powerful, like understanding for me to come to is that like something I talk to my inner voice a lot or what I would call my Mm. intuition and something that my intuition told me one day is I was feeling this very resistant like I got to get back in the flow I'm out of the flow I'm out of line I got to get back in the flow and my inner voice said you don't need to get back in the flow you are the flow a river doesn't force itself to go in a different direction it doesn't force rapids. It doesn't force stillness. It doesn't make itself wrong when it's still, it doesn't make itself wrong when it's doing rapids. The river just is the river just flows and whatever's the river is doing is what it's doing. And it just like is. And I like, feel like we all just are, I don't know. I'm going to stop. That's awesome. I love it. So I want to hear. So I'm curious to hear for you. I know you also, like I've seen some of your like video titles that say you are God. So I'm curious to hear like how that like resonates for you and what that means for you. So I, as, as like you, I mean, I've always felt that and believed that. And there was a memory that I had where I was flying to New York to, cause I'd lived in Los Angeles for a couple of years in my early twenties. And then I was flying back to New York to visit a friend. And while I was on the plane, I met this lovely guy who was sitting next to me and, and we got chatting and about two hours into the flight, I leaned across to him and I said, um, you know, can I, like, I can't even remember what we were talking about, but I said, I've got a secret for you. And he said, what's that? And I said, everybody on this plane is God. And he looked at me and I could see like in his face, he's kind of working out like, is she crazy or is she onto something? Like, who is this woman I'm sitting next to and how many hours have I got left? And he kind of of leaned back and he, he kind of leaned across and he was just like, let's just keep that between ourselves. (laughs) And I just thought it was so funny. And I thought back to that because at the time I knew what I was saying was true, but I realized now I didn't understand Mm. exactly what I was saying. I didn't understand what I really just didn't understand what that meant, even though I knew that it was true. And now I really understand what it means. And Neville Goddard talks about God as simply imagination and that everything comes from our imagination. Therefore, everything is God. And we all have imagination. And, you know, so we're always using our imagination. So I just love now using that term God 
as imagination. So when I say you are God, it's really you are imagination and that's where your reality is com- coming from and everything comes from imagination. It's born of imagination. Therefore, everything is the source. And it's like that analogy with the ocean. You can take a glass of water out of the ocean and just it doesn't mean that it's no longer ocean water. It's still ocean water. It's just in a glass. And yeah. it's the same with yes. human beings. Yes, we're, we're just in a body. Oh, we're just oh in God, a body. So- so good. Exactly. We are imagination in physical form, having a very human physical experience. And, you know, that's the awakening process is to be born into these physical bodies and then to have the realization that we are God in physical form. And that's the idea of being born again, which is we are being born as God in physical form while we're here. So that's what Law of Assumption has done for me. It's enabled me to realize, hang on a second, my reality is not happening to me. This is not, I am not a victim. And I've spent a long time mm. thinking that I was a victim to what was happening to me. And, you know, like many people and like many of your listeners, I've had a lot of like shitty things that happened in my past. And, you know, for a long time, I felt victim to those things. Whereas now I realized they, they were helping me to awaken to the God I am in physical form, mm. meaning imagination in physical form. Because I, had I not had those traumas, had I not had those experiences, I would have had nothing to overcome. There's no adventure. If I come into this human body and I know that I'm God and I can have anything I want and be and do and, you know, you know, the world's my oyster, there's no adventure. So we had to set up the contrast in order to overcome it and then know ourselves as the cause and creators of our reality. So, you know, now I can look at my past and see it as a blessing because it's enabled me to experience the recreating and revising and essentially transforming myself in physical form. But I couldn't have done that had I not had the contrast. So, mm. you know, there's it's super powerful. So now I see the word God simply as imagination. And I, I find there's a lot less negative connotations with that word imagination. Um, for me, that's a really uplifting word. And, you know, you look at anything in the world, like even the desk that I'm sitting on, somebody had to have the idea for this desk in their imagination first it had to come from somewhere so and then you just look at anything the light that my dog just chewed that just had to you know that had to be an idea somewhere first so everything that we see in this physical world comes from imagination meaning god so good i love it yeah and i think it's it never really resonated with me the idea that god is something outside of us that it's yeah. like this like controlling force that oh, that we're not a part mm. of like yes i don't know it just like i'm like that never like resonated with me so anyways i remember being uh, i remember being in sunday school my parents were not religious and i wasn't brought up religious but my parents sent me to sunday school i think cuz that's kind of what you did where i grew up but i remember the teacher telling us you know the story of God and you know the religious story and I just remember sitting there and I was super young I must have been five or six and I just remember going that doesn't make sense like what a guy like a man in the sky with a big beard kind of like keeping track on everybody I'm like yeah that doesn't fly Yeah, yeah. it's so, so interesting. And I think for many people, beautiful for for them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) So, okay, I want to talk about revising because you've mentioned that a few times. And I was watching one of your videos today about revising a physical ailment where you had the, you know, the boiling water on your hands situation. And then it was like rapidly healed through telling a new story. Like, yeah, can you share what 
revising is and how we can do that. And then I want to share a personal example and see if you have any insights that you would like to share. I feel like it'll be fun to bring in like a real life example. Yes. So revision is originally when I came back into the teachings, I bypassed revision because I have done quite a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of different modalities that involve going back and looking at your past so I was you know like I'm done with my past I do not want to be looking at my past I just want to be creating a new future that's what I'm interested in so I would really bypass over revision and then eventually I guess I just because I've just been listening to Neville so much and reading his work and I eventually started listening to his um, thoughts on revision and then I started to play around with it because I realized revision is not reliving the past. Revision is recreating the past. And what he says is all time is happening now. There is no past and future. They are just concepts of consciousness. Literally, they're in our imagination. So the past, when we think of the past, we're doing it in our imagination. When we think of the future, we do it in imagination. So the past from the 3D perspective, it's dead. It no longer exists. And however, If we have unfavorable memories from the past, then those memories are still active and they are still in consciousness. Therefore, they're still creating, they're still being played out in our reality unless we go back and revise them. So I was like, all right, well, I'll I'll have a play with this. And the whole concept of revision is when we think of the, the past, we have a memory. We think of it in our imagination. We think of it as a memory. All we're doing, we're not rewriting the 3D, we're rewriting our memory of it. And so you go back and you recreate the memory as you would like it to have been. And then you rehearse that scene over and over until the brain accepts that that's actually what happened. And that creates a new state of consciousness that then gets pushed out and reflected back in your reality in the present day. And I've had this experience so many times and I'll give you a a quick example. I was driving along one day and I was thinking about how I hadn't had a parking ticket in years. It had been years since I had a parking ticket. And I was like, oh my God, I wonder how much a parking ticket is this is. And I was just having it, like I was totally unconscious, just thinking about parking tickets. The next day, and I didn't even know I'd had that thought process until the next day when I came back from work, back to my car and I saw there was a parking ticket on the screen. And I went, oh my God, like I, oh my imagination. (laughs) I completely (laughs) created that. And so then I immediately had the thought, well, if I created it, I now know I can uncreate it. So I then set about putting revision. And this was probably the first time where I really put revision to the test. And I was like, okay, if this works, then this ticket doesn't exist. I never got the ticket. So I then over the next few months replayed the scene where I came back to my car and there was no ticket. And yet I kept, so I didn't pay the ticket, but in my reality, I kept getting reminders that I still had to pay the parking ticket. And I'm like, what is going on? Like I'm revising this, that I never got the ticket, but I keep getting these reminders saying that you owe this amount of money. And then I realized, so I took it all the way to court because I was like, this ticket doesn't exist. And the day before the court date, I was listening to Neville. And one of the things he says is, one of the most important things with revision is you have to correct your behavior that led to the event occurring. And I realized I hadn't corrected my behavior. I hadn't because I'd parked in an illegal park. So in my revision, in my revised scene, I still had parked in the illegal parking spot. 
So oh, and you just didn't get the ticket. I, just didn't I get the see, ticket. but the revision would be changing the changing where space. I passed exactly. Ah. So the day before I went to court, the night before. I fell asleep to the scene where I had gone to park where I parked and realized, no, this isn't a, you know, I can't park here. So I did a U-turn and I parked on the other side of the street and suddenly I could feel it in my body. I get chills as I say it. I could feel something shift. There was now, there was absolutely now no ticket. And I went to court the next day and I was thinking, I kept revising, kept rehearsing that new scene. I parked on the other side of the street, no ticket, nothing like completely different story. And I was like wondering, like, what's going to happen? Because she's going to ask me whether I plead guilty to this ticket. Because that's, you know, they always say, what do you plead? Whatever. And I, I was like, how do I say I'm, you know, how do I answer that question when I never parked there? <laughs> so anyway, I was like, don't worry. It'll all get taken care of. <laughs> and I walked in and <laughs> the judge just kind of read she just sort of the only question she asked was my name and I said yes and she just read what was and she didn't ask me any questions she just read whatever was in front of her and just said that's fine no problem you're free to go didn't ask it was like there was no ticket and I just walked <laughs> out of there and I just thought okay this this revision works she did not ask oh. me one question so I didn't have to answer anything because you know from the reality perspective there was no ticket and that was, that was my first experience of revision. And I've since used it for so many things. And it is one of the most powerful techniques in the law of assumption. Wow. That is so fun and exciting to me. I love yes. that story. So let me ask you a question in that scenario, I guess revision, like, is it, it's a good thing to use when it's still like showing up in your reality now, right? Like it's something that happened in the yes. past, but then you were still getting the notifications of you have a payment due, you have a payment due, you have a payment due. Yeah. So you would revise it because the payment due was showing up in the now reality. Yeah. So okay. one of okay. the, so that was my reality kept showing me that there was something I was missing. So I hadn't, and then I realized you have to correct your behavior that led to the event happening. Mm. And that's the key with, with revision. And so I had a client, one of my coaching clients the other day, we were on the, on the phone, we were in the middle of the session and a text message came through during the session. And she kind of was like, oh no. And I said, what is it? Are you okay? And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just, it's fine. I said, no, no, no. Anything that comes up in the session, we have to work with. And she'd had a text that she had to do. There was something for work. Uh, She's in the medical industry and she had to do some cases in a particular area, which she didn't want to do. And so she said, I said, okay, quickly, let's revise that text. So we went through the process. She revised the text to say that there were no cases there tomorrow. And she, and this had been going on for years. I didn't even know this was happening in her life anyway. So she revised the text. uh, So she's like imagining in her imagination, receiving a text that says like, we have no cases tomorrow. And she's kind of like going through that. Okay. Okay. And this is in real time. So she just received the text and we quickly did it. Like, let's revise this immediately. So we revised it immediately where the text said, there are no cases here tomorrow. Uh, We played that over and over and over until she could feel a sense of relief. Oh my God, thank God there are no cases there tomorrow. And then we just went on with the session. She emailed me the next day saying, oh my God, you'll never believe it, but the cases were canceled today. So it, and and that's, that's one of many examples, like revision is so powerful, especially when you do it in real time as something's happening, 
and you mm. immediately revise it and create what it is that you would like to have happened and then rehearse that over and over and over. That's really key. You have to rehearse it so that the brain believes it and it's accepted by the subconscious because it's the subconscious that gets projected out onto our 3D experience, not the conscious mind. So it yeah. has to be accepted by the subconscious. Wow. Oh my gosh. I am loving this. You whole can try that one. Idea of revision. I can't, play to, can't <laughs> wait to play. Okay. Well, we, maybe we can play a little right now because I have okay, two great. examples that I think will be really good to give people even more clarification on revision. So the first is that I don't, and when I think about revising the first one, like there's not really a behavior that I think could like could or should necessarily be revised. So basically mm-hmm. one day, keep the story short, went to the pool, took a nap, woke up my knee locked like you know when you have your elbow and you feel like you it's like when you straighten your elbow it's gonna pop and then you Mm -hmm. straighten it and it pops I felt that in my knee but combined with like intense pain it locked I had like a fight or flight response basically almost like fainted and then within a few minutes of just like breathing and feeling it and breathing 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 everything kind of like settled down my knee seemingly went back to normal but I, there was mm-hmm. still a lot of like fear after that of like oh my mm. god like why did that happen what if it happens again and I just kept like replaying of like oh my god what if I sit in that way again and then it does it again and so the fear now it's been about a month and I'm not I've like gone back to the workout classes I was afraid to go back to and everything's fine like it seems like everything's fine and I'm uh not as afraid as I was right after but I'm definitely still like Ugh. I don't know. Yeah. So is that like a, yeah, something 100%. you could do revision on when I, cause when I think back, I'm like, do I not take a nap? Do I not go to the pool? Like what would, do you have any ideas of like, what would be the thing to revise? Yeah. So what I would ask you, if we were in a coaching session, I would say, so let's go back to that scene and how would you like to have woken up? So tell me how you would, in if you took a nap, And then you woke up, talk me through how you would like to have woken up in that Mm. scenario. I would like to have woken up feeling light and refreshed and re-energized and ready to go on with the rest of my day and like gather my things and get up from my chair and walk down to my apartment like I normally would any other day. Perfect. Perfect. So you've just rewritten that scene so that's the the producer you picked out the scene that that was something that you wanted to revise as the writer you've just rewritten that scenario so now as the director of your movie you would then go back in your imagination and play that scene out so you would be asleep so you would imagine yourself there asleep and then you would come out of that sleep and just see yourself waking up and just going oh gosh, that was a good sleep. That was a nice nap. That felt really good. And then just kind of becoming aware of your surroundings, looking around and thinking, okay, I've got this to do today and thinking of all the things that you've got to do and collecting your belongings and getting up, getting organized and feeling good about that beautiful nap and that time at the pool. And then seeing yourself walking out of the pool Mm. as if nothing had ever happened. I love that. Yeah. I definitely want to play with that because I noticed just like the first time kind of going through it, my mind wanted to like 
go back, back, back and chew on the old yeah. one. That's it. So um, all you're doing is, so remember, this is all in your imagination. The old memory and that new memory you just created right then are all happening in imagination. Like same thing, basically. It's yeah. the same thing, cool. but most of us only have one memory that we're coming back to. So now what you've done is you've just created an option and now you're, you're I guess the game is to then choose the new story Enough As times that it feels real. Times until if you were to think back to that, your brain goes back to the new memory and it has forgotten the old one because you've replaced it. Cool. This is it's fun. fun. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So the, the other one, is it cool if I share one more example? Please. Okay. So the this. other one is on our honeymoon, I ran into, it was dark outside and I ran into a glass door and hit my nose. And I don't know if you can see, but it's like a little bit like bumped and bruised. Good thing. I have no, like, I'm, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm still beautiful. Whatever. Like my preference would be that I do not have a different nose than I had before, but like, I'm like, it's all good. But I'm like, Oh, well I could try this revision thing. Like why Definitely. not? I have nothing Absolutely. to lose. Absolutely. So with that, would it be then revising to see the door and like open the door? But or let me ask you this, how emotion plays into it. So I was feeling we were, it was like nine o'clock. We had just gotten off a boat. We were drunk and hungry. And I, <laughs> I was like trying to talk to my husband about what we were going to order for dinner. And he was kind of just like being like aloof and la-di-da. And I'm like, we need to order dinner. Like, let's get to it. And so I was getting like annoyed that he wasn't like engaging with me about what to eat for dinner. <laughs> and I like kind of like went to storm back inside like quickly and like angrily. So I'm wondering how that plays into it as well. And if that should be part of the revision. Absolutely. So my question was going to be what was happening just before you walk into the door? (laughs) (laughs) So you've just answered my question Uh. because so what you would do is now, how would you correct your behavior? How would you correct what happened before? What would you like to have happened instead prior to the incident with the door? Just like walk outside and sweetly ask my husband like oh what would you like for dinner this was what sounds good to me does that sound good to you and if he didn't engage and I'd be like okay well I'm hungry I think I'm gonna go ahead and like order us something or now, actually no gets- the story I want is actually yes. the story I want <laughs> 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 I'm like wait I don't like that one <laughs> the you story got it. you got it yes now tell me <laughs> the re- the one you really want okay the one I really want is I walk out there and I am just like, oh my gosh, the boat was so fun. I can't wait to eat dinner. We're going to eat the best shit. The menu looks so good. What are you in the mood for? And I love when he's decisive. So he's so decisive and he tells me we're going to get the pizza and we're going to get a dirty martini for you because you love that. And I'm going to get a beer and we're also going to get an appetizer, probably Brussels sprouts and it's going to be delicious and you know what I'm actually going to go ahead and order that for us you stay out here and hang out on the porch and he goes inside and he places the order while I'm hanging out outside relaxing by the ocean and then I whenever our food comes he comes out and tells me the food's ready and the door's already open for me and I walk inside and I eat our delicious meal (laughs) that is awesome I love it I love it so with that that would be your ultimate but when we have something that 
has been like a memory that has a kind of trauma, you want to do it in stages. So you want to do it where you work up to that. So one of the Mm. things, because what you haven't done yet is there's still the memory of the hitting of the door and that's still in the body. So you want to revise it where you, you replay your actions so that you so when so you open the door carefully so you want to be able to sort of see yourself opening the door and once you've got that then you can go to the the memory where you didn't even have to open the door because it was already open Mm -hmm. so can you see how you do it in stages and then you can and so you get to play as you did just with yourself before you're like hang on a second I don't want that's not the one I want (laughs) I want this one and what you're doing is you're setting up options but you're also unraveling the hitting of the door because you don't want to bypass anything so so one of the things with law of assumption is we don't want to bypass anything we want to we want to kind of welcome everything in so when you hit the door there was a like an impact that that kind of hit the body you want to acknowledge that that happened and then revise that so that you didn't have impact with the door. So then you'd, you'd revise it so you were opening the door. And then once you, you're happy with that, then you can go to the one you just came to uh, where your it was your husband who went in and the door was already open by the time you walked in. So there's mm. you're kind of like building your story towards the absolute ideal. And through cool. that process, you're healing that within yourself. That And I would say like play that out so that you open the door really like you, your brother, yeah, sorry, your brother, your husband was really, uh, <laughs> your husband was very, just sorry about that. Your husband was very uh, decisive and that felt good. And you're like, great, I'll go in and order. So you're calm when you're walking in and ordering. And then, so you're calmly opening the door. Mm. And then once you've got that, yeah, where he, cool. he goes, I'll go, I'll order it. So then, one more question. Oh, go ahead. Yes. No. So then what you've done is you've just created Whereas you started with one memory, you've now created a series of memories that kind of in a way scramble your brain. So now your brain doesn't, it's like, whoa, wait, which is what, which is which here? And then you just land on your ideal Mm -hmm. and you then rehearse that and your body follows consciousness. So then the healing of your nose has to catch up to that. And that's where the body will follow consciousness. And so you'll find that the healing can take place really fast. Things catch up really fast and I've had that myself yeah that's so fun I love it I forgot the question I was gonna ask let me see sorry (laughs) no no you're fine oh I was gonna ask so do you think it's more effective to when in your revised imagination to make it similar to the original memory like for example in that one I took a bath with blood and crying would I revise it to still taking a bath but it being a beautiful amazing experience exactly okay cool because the one thing with you want to make it as easy as possible for the brain to accept so if you go from one extreme to another extreme it can be hard for the brain to accept and you'll find that the the brain wants to keep landing back on the the Mm. old story because it's too far so you want to do it in stages especially if there was some kind of trauma where you're you're leading your brain down a new path, but you're doing it in stages so the brain can go, oh, yeah, okay, I can accept that. I can Uh, accept that. And then you're like, oh, well, let's just just improve this story even more. So instead of that happening, let's say this happened. And then, and so by the time you've landed on your ideal, the brain can't remember 
the original one because you've led it down a new path slowly and it's been able to accept. So you can accept having a bath and you can, and you can change that bath. And then you can lead it towards where you never needed to have the bath because you were mm. outside enjoying your dirty martini and your husband was inside taking care of all the orders. So <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Damn right. <laughs> so oh, it's like, like a process. Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It get, revision is now my favourite technique and it is so powerful because something that happened in your past will then get reflected, the new reality will get reflected back in your present because it's actually not the past. The past is dead. The 3D, that event that happened in your 3D happened a long time ago, it's dead. But your memory of it is still alive and that's Mm. creating, you know, unless you revise it, then that remains active and that can get reflected back in your reality again where you might be on holidays again and you're afraid, you know, like that situation and you don't even connect it to the past event. Mm. but you'll find yourself in a position where you're wanting to order something or something and you have a little argy-bargy with your husband and something happens and it's like you don't even connect the fact that that story is just active from a long time ago yeah and the pathways that connect to ordering or whatever are still kind of yeah Yeah. in play yeah so that's a great one to revise yeah. That was fun. Thank you for that. Yes, I feel awesome. like that's so amazing for everyone <laughs> listening because it's like they have something they can take away and like yes. start playing with today. And it's so fun. So for everyone listening, let us know, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram. If you do a revision and how that goes, I would Please. love to hear it. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you may too. I love it. I love it. Yeah. This is, this is my absolute passion and I love the stories. And even though I work with these teachings every day and I'm reading and listening and coaching and doing all of these things, I am never not in awe of when reality reflects back what we're doing in imagination. And when like people reach out and they're like guess what happened you'll never believe what happened and I'm like oh my god it's still amazing like it's yes. not amazing I'm never not in awe of these stories even the little ones you know they're still it never like, gets old it never, never gets, gets old, old. Oh, yeah. yeah oh I love that okay I have one more question for you mm. is there anything that's coming up for you today or on your heart to share that we didn't talk about that you want to share I guess that these teachings, like we talk about manifesting the big stuff and I am finding that there's so much power in using these teachings for the little things. Like just today when I went and got my coffee, there's a barista down at my cafe and I I have this story that he doesn't like me and that he's sort of, you know, he's, he's never really polite or he's just, he's a bit unfriendly. And I forget that this is not happening outside of me. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's so easy to fall into this state of victimhood where reality is happening to me and this is happening to me and he doesn't like me or this person's doing this to me. And I have to remind myself, no, this is coming from within me. So then how would I like that interaction to have happened? And so I was sitting in the car with my coffee, literally just after getting it. And I realized, no, I'm the cause and creator of my reality. So how would I like that to have happened? So I went into my imagination and I replayed that interaction where he said, hey, good morning. So nice to see you. How have you been? And we just had, I just played it out in my imagination. And then I drove away and I felt so much better that I was able to revise that on the run because, you know, in the past, I would have just gone 
with that story throughout my day, like, oh, you know, he doesn't like me or whatever. And just kind of, it's such a little thing and it's such an insignificant thing. But now I realize that everything that's happening in my reality is coming from an assumption that I'm holding within consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so wherever that came from, I get to now recreate that and choose a new reality. And all I have to do is go into my imagination and play it out. And be, if I can see it in my imagination, then it's real. And all I have to do is hold that story and know that eventually that has to get reflected back in my reality. And that's a much better story to be telling than the one of me being rejected or, you know, not wanted or whatever. And it's such a familiar story for me, that old story. And now I realize that I can create a new one and I can do it. And it's, you know, it's something as simple as just getting my coffee in the day. So I guess I just want to share that with your listeners that this doesn't have to be all the big stuff, like the money and the relationships and the, you know, all of those big things. It actually can really help you change the story about those little things that just we kind of almost bypass because they're so insignificant, but actually it really it, impacts your moment to moment it experience. Impacts your day. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I would encourage people to experiment with it, even on the little things. I love that. And as you were saying that a couple like questions we can ask ourselves came up for me when you have a scenario where you realize like you didn't like the way an interaction went or you didn't like the way something played out. I thought of asking the question, what was I assuming mm. in that situation? And what do I want to assume? Right and I think question. it's just like, I think in those little moments, it's easier to kind of like catch that and go back to like, oh, what was I assuming? I like that so much better than what was I thinking? I don't know why, but that resonates so much more. What was I assuming? And yes. then what do I want to assume? That's awesome. Great question. And I'm like, yes. okay, great. <laughs> and by asking that question, what do I want to assume? It activates your imagination to mm. like, it puts the imagination into action to imagine a new story. So that's a really powerful question. Love it. Okay, well, where can everybody find you and hang out with you all the things? Yes, oh, I'd love that. Well, you can find me at my YouTube channel under my name, Hedley Dorenzi. My YouTube channel is called You Are The One. And then I have my website, which is youaretheone.com.au. And I am on Instagram under Hedley Dorenzi. Cool. We will link all of that in the show Lovely. notes. Thank you thank everyone for listening. And thank you, Headley, for being here. This was such a fun episode. Thank you, Madison. I really appreciate having me on your show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Magnetically You podcast. If this episode served you, I ask that you share it with someone who it could make a difference for or share it on social media and tag me at Magnetically You. Make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the magic. And it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. And I will see you in the next episode.